The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? It is another edition of the Points in the Paint podcast, as always, presented by Stadium. Stadium's number one NBA podcast. Ben Wittenstein with you. And Zach Badger House is in the house. Zach, we only got, what, a couple more episodes, a couple more weeks until we finally start talking about some NBA playoff games. So that should be fun. We'll have some fun guests lined up for that. Yes. So we're excited. We're excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's what? We got about two or three weeks left in the regular season, about 10 games or so before that play-in tournament. And that's getting real spicy, especially out west. Oh, yeah. It's getting real dicey over there. We got a three-way tie coming into this recording of the podcast. And so, yeah, buddy, I'm looking all forward to it. So let's get right into it, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll be talking a lot about the play-in tournament. LeBron had some wild comments that we're going to talk about, um, <laughs> specifically those comments in Rome. But our story of the week. Our top story tonight. Los Angeles Lakers. They uh they yeah, are you're right. <laughs> yeah, they've been interesting, I think to say the least, in the past couple of weeks. Um, lots going on with them. LeBron finally back from an injury uh, mm-hmm. for the past couple of games, but then they lose those games at home to the Kings and the Raptors. And now we got the news today as the as we were recording on Monday that LeBron is going to be out tonight with an ankle injury again on a back to back. So he's sitting that second back to back. Lakers are starting to lose games. They're starting to feel the heat about maybe playing in one of those playing games for the playoffs. Uh, it's been interesting, Zach, with how the Lakers oh, have been doing the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they haven't done too well at all for the most part. I think they've lost seven out of ten. I know for sure they've lost at least, what, four or five in a row. No, they lost three in a row. And so LeBron doesn't look like himself, looks like a shell of himself. AD got dunked on like last week. So he doesn't look up to par at all either. And the supporting cast, they've looked like how they've looked. We've talked about it for weeks now. The uh, rec league Lakers, they don't look like a team that can compete in the NBA without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, you sit where they are now with eight or nine games left in the regular season, currently tied for the sixth spot in the West between the what the the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers. They all sit currently tied for that spot. And I think if they don't get it together in terms of getting healthy, that's really the number one thing because LeBron spoke on it, says he doesn't know if he's ever going to be healthy. I mean, I think that's a little extreme for him to say, but I think that's just coming off, you know, missing 20 games. And then you sit there and you come back thinking you're going to be fully healthy. And then you're not because you got ankle soreness and you're thinking I'm going to be 100 percent and you're not. Yeah, that's going to sit there and going to bother you a little bit from a mental standpoint if you're LeBron James, but they got to get healthy in these next few stretches because Denver got Denver has a lot of momentum. Phoenix just took that number one spot, baby. They took the they number one spot in the West. 
And so they got to get their act together. Right now, it just doesn't look too good. Yeah, it's you can just sense some trouble in Lakers land. And it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's expected because people had them as their favorite to win the NBA finals heading into this yeah. year. Yeah. But if you kind of look at it in hindsight, right, this was a team that went through the whole bubble. They went through the whole finals. They played in all the finals games and they played the most games other than the Miami Heat out of anyone in the NBA short off season. They come into this season and they have to play it again as the favorites to win in the NBA finals. I understand them struggling to that extent just because of how weird this season has been coming out of a weird season in the bubble, shortened off season, everything like that with an old LeBron James Stuff's going to happen, and, yeah. and I understand them not playing up to par. However, okay, there we they, go. Have, they have been <laughs> fully healthy. They have been fully healthy the past couple games, and they have not looked themselves. So I think the, the validity of questioning how good they can be, I think that's fair because they haven't looked great. They've yeah. looked streaky, and, and they haven't looked like they've been putting 100% effort on the defensive end or, or even been playing good offensive basketball. So – I get it, and I and I understand the red flags flying because this is a team mm-hmm. people again thought they were going to win the finals back to back this year, and now they're the seventh seed technically tied for the, <laughs> the sixth. Like they may be, we may see the Lakers in a play in tournament, you know, and that's and that's so wild, right? Because you know we've already set the bar so high for the Los Angeles Lakers coming into this season. They're going to repeat. They're going to go back. The only team that can possibly get in their way would be Clippers. Or, you know, the Denver Nuggets, but then the season kind of goes along and it's more so the Denver Nuggets. And then you got the Utah Jazz. They're playing well, but they kind of they kind of been iffy, you know, towards the late end of the season. But Denver's has stayed strong and stayed right there. Jokic is probably the front runner for MVP as of right now, but no Schroeder. They didn't have Dennis Schroeder in their last game. And I don't know how much of that is going to determine, you know, how effective that's going to be for the Lakers. But, you know, that 10 to 14 day health protocol because of COVID, you know, that's going to possibly set them back too. And so you're going to need LeBron James to get healthy down the stretch of these few games, like I said. And then also Anthony Davis to just step up because you've, you've missed more time than LeBron James. And so it's very important that Anthony Davis steps up his game and get out of that play-in situation because the Los Angeles Lakers do not belong in that scenario. No, they don't. And I don't think they expected to be there. And the fact that they are there right now is a testament to, I think, the fact that how many games LeBron missed, how many games Anthony Davis no. missed. And not only that, I think it shows how fragile the role players are on this team. Mm-hmm. And of course, a team that loses LeBron and Anthony Davis are not going to be as good as they are with them. But if you have decent role players, if you have skilled guys in positions coming off the bench or even in the starting lineup, you, you can mostly stay afloat for the most part. Even in today's NBA, where people are in and out of the lineup with COVID, people are in and out of the lineup with resting, the Lakers should have good enough role players where they can stay afloat. And to me, I have no trust in any of those guys. Dennis Schroeder a little bit because of how good he can be defensively, but even he has struggled to stay in the lineup at times. So I don't know who you trust on the Lakers to do something if you're not going to have LeBron or you're not going to have Anthony Davis for maybe a game or two in the playoffs. Yeah, obviously Kyle Kuzma got to be consistent. No, that's yeah. number one because you know he he got paid the money since you know winning the championship. He did get some money from the Los Angeles Lakers, and so you expect him to get, come out, you know, and be aggressive offensively and go after a 25 point night. Because at the end of the day, right, 
Kyle Kuzma, you're the same age as some of these other guys who are on teams, who are putting up, you know, good numbers. We're going to talk about a guy that dropped 60 points last week, and he's, you know, practically in the same draft class as you, or at least the same age, you know, and they're out here putting up big numbers and playing well, Jalen Brown. And I want to even mention the other guy because we're going to get to him <laughs> later on. But, you know, you got the De'Aaron Fox of the world, you know, these other players around that same draft class, around that same draft time. And is and even Marvin Bagley, you know, that's another guy who's who's played well as of late recently for the Kings. Want to throw that in there. But at the same time, Kyle Kuzma, you have to play better. You have yeah. to be better. You have to be the number one option for the Lakers when those guys are out. And Trez has to be able to step up too, Montrez Harrell. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right, he's the same age as someone like a Jason Tatum, and and you're seeing what he can do. And people I don't know if they use excuses for Kyle Kuzma saying, you know, he's young. He still I'm has time out. to learn. I'm but out yeah, like, come on, man. He went do to school something. too, right? He went to school. He yeah. went to Utah. He played college ball for him. He wasn't a one and done. So, you know, the, the, the skill level is there. The talent is there. You have to put the product on the floor now because you've done it. We've seen you doing it before you guys got Anthony Davis. So you just got to get that that same offensive aggression from a Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting to see what, what's been happening with the Lakers. And we're going to talk about a LeBron quote um, later on, especially because it, it blew up on NBA <laughs> Twitter, what he talked about. But I will say I do respect him saying he's never going to be 100 percent again after, you know, going down with a couple of injuries, because I would say the same thing because I tend to overreact to some like small things. You know, if like I'm losing in a game, I'm thinking oh, I'm the worst player ever. I'm never going to win anything ever again. LeBron goes through a couple injuries. I'm never going to be 100% ever again. The thing is, he what does he spend? Millions of dollars, literally million dollars every year mm-hmm. on his body. Yeah. With a long offseason, a normal offseason this offseason. Yeah. Theoretically, if they get knocked out of the playoffs before the finals, he's going to have an even longer offseason. He should be able to get his body mostly back to where it probably should be at his age, at his point in his career. So hopefully, you know, you can see the silver lining in something like that. If the Lakers are are out of even in the playing game, if they lose that or if they lose in the first round, whatever it may be, LeBron will get an extended offseason, probably one of the longer offseasons he's had in a long time, especially if the NBA decides to push the the league start back a a couple more months. So he Mm -hmm. could have a really long offseason that just could help him be healthy for next year. But they need everyone healthy this year. They do. And another team that's probably going to need everyone to be healthy for them to go all the way to the championship. And that's the team out east. And they're coming off a loss. And that's the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they didn't have James Harden, obviously, because of the hamstring injury. But they had a Kyrie. And they definitely had Kevin Durant. However, they came up short against a pretty good team in the Milwaukee Bucks, led by a man named Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he dropped 49 points. And Ben, I just feel like we got to talk about it because it was a stellar performance by my main man, Giannis Greek Freak Antetokounmpo. We got to talk about it. To think we were slandering Giannis, oh, what, a month and a half ago? And I don't know if I want to say we. I can say I. I'll take responsibility for that one. <laughs> I'll say I was slandering him like two months ago, talking about how he could play better. So he must have listened to the podcast. He must have heard us because Giannis Obviously. has been great. And mm-hmm. there was, I mean, there were certainly times down the stretch in that game where he took some really stupid mid-range shots. I Like, if you're Giannis, why are you taking any mid-range shot ever? I, I know you're going to be open, but if you're open take it to the basket. Like you're, you're Giannis. No one is going to stop you attacking the basket. Okay. Stop taking mid range jump shots okay. down the stretch of games. Okay. But other than that, 
I have okay. no I have no qualms with Giannis and how he played <laughs> and how well he played. I mean, he he's great. And I think the, the Bucks have finally, for the most part, figured out what to put around him. Drew Holiday has been such a huge addition for them, especially when yes. you think of the one, yes. two, three in the past years when it was Giannis, Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. Oh, now it's Giannis, <laughs> Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. That is a much stronger, a much more balanced one, two, three. So it, it, for the most part, it seems like they have stuff figured out. But again, it's Mike Budenholzer into the playoffs. It could be a whole different story for the Bucks once the playoffs hit. But that win, I think, was huge for them, for the mentality and for their confidence going forward into the playoffs where they're 100 percent going to have to get past the Nets if they want to get to the NBA finals. I agree. And I think even Giannis kind of he alluded to it a little bit as well. You know, in post game, you know, he said this is a team that we're going to have to possibly face in the playoffs. And so we're going to need these type of performances. Now, we got to break down how Giannis was getting these buckets because you sit there, <laughs> you talk about the mid range. He was hitting the mid range. He was shooting the post fade away. Dropping to the basket. He had at least five threes, four or five threes. Let he me did. say that one more time. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo had at least about four or five three-point baskets in the game against Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's wild. In the, in the Kyrie Irving-led Brooklyn Nets. He put on a show. I don't know if you saw the game, but he was putting on a show. Uh, a show mid-range. He was hitting his shots. They leave him open, give him five feet. It's so It looks so disrespectful. So it's like, why yeah. not take this shot? And when you're playing freely, which I felt like Giannis was doing, just get that confidence going and be able to knock those shots down. We just got to see it come postseason, and he'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, we need to see him do that in the postseason. And, and him being on Kevin Durant towards the end of the game where he got a huge block, you know, yeah. that's, that's great. He steps up defensively. He shows why he's been a defensive player of the year candidate, defensive player of the year winner. You know, that is when you need him because really, I don't know anyone else in the league who can guard Durant or can match up with Durant like Giannis. No one else is going to be able to block that shot. Yeah. Like that seven foot five wingspan, no one else can be able to do that but Giannis, a freak, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why he's the Greek freak. He's got those long ass arms and he can swat Kevin Durant when he's up there with the ball being released at like seven foot five with how tall he is. So, I mean, that's going to be huge. And I, and I was saying to my friend watching the game, it's like, this would be an incredibly fun series. The Nets yeah. and the Bucks, especially if it was for a trip to go to the finals. Absolutely. And that series would be really fun. And even if you add James Harden into that, which would probably make the Nets obviously more competitive, but it, it would just make for a more fun series. And they match up fairly well and they yeah. play similar-ish styles in, in terms of offensively. So, I think it would be a very fun Eastern Conference Finals matchup if it were to come to that. Defensively, Drew Holiday matchup with Kyrie pretty decent last night. I think Kyrie just needed a meal. You know, he's doing the Ramadan thing, so no eating during the day. So I think he may have been a little – he didn't have a lot of energy. No water, too. When I saw that, I was like, wow, so we're not going to eat or have any water during yeah. this game. And so I think that kind of was the reason why they did, they fell short too as well. They didn't have, he'd have a good shooting performance, Kyrie Irving. And Chris Middleton was balling. I gotta say oh, that yeah. too. Chris Middleton was balling off the dribble, shot a couple three, shot a couple good threes, even knocked one down in front of uh, Blake Griffin, like dead in his face. <laughs> so I was yeah, I was loving the energy from the Milwaukee Bucks. Well that that's the other thing they need for the playoffs. Middleton. They need Middleton to be <laughs> they need him to be the Robin to Giannis's Batman, right? They they don't need him to go for thirty 
every night, but he needs to score that 15 to 20 range. He needs to play superb defense and he needs to get some rebounds and he needs to be able to take some weight off Giannis's shoulders in these playoff games where in the past he had, he sometimes, you know, it's been like the James Harden thing. He just kind of fades away in times when they need him. Yep. And if he's there for the playoffs and he's fully checked in and he's scoring his 15 to 20 points a game, Bucks are going to be a very hard team to beat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Do we want to go to overreaction? Or no. Or no. Overreaction <laughs> or no, Zach. Let me ask you this. And a lot of people are talking about the playing games because of LeBron. And I would like to think because of our episode last week, everyone listened and they're talking about the playing games. So is this an overreaction? The NBA should have more one and done playoff games added to the schedule in the coming seasons. Overreaction to say that? It's definitely an overreaction. Absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you why. What uh, what league just finished their draft? NFL. Yeah, this isn't the NFL, folks. This isn't no one and done wild card. Yeah, this ain't that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be because the whole totality of the NBA would completely change if you make it simply like one and done sort of like basketball. You win a game and you're out. That's that's going to speed up the whole process. You know, owners want to make their money. So the financial aspect of it, you want to have seven games. You want to at least give a team that's the eighth seed two games at home so the owner can at least make some money off, you know, his team going into the playoffs. You know, the team, you know, the the fans are going to go support that eighth seeded team, regardless of the fact if, you know, they're the eighth seed and they're down 2-0 or whatever the case may be. They're going to at least show up for their team, you know, for those two games being in the playoffs. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, the money does have to be made with these games. And so prolonging the series, because remember, they didn't always used to be best two out. They used to they didn't always be four out of seven. They used to be three out of five and two out of three back in the day. But as time has went along and more money has gotten involved, the more games were, were added to the postseason. And so now you get the whole narrative of Jordan game six. What if there were only but if there's only three games, there's no such thing as Jordan game six. Right. right. So you, I think you just have to look at it from that kind of perspective. Yeah. I, I don't know if it ever will happen, but I we haven't like seen. Plan, though. Yeah, I, I, I really do like the plan. And this is a conversation for for down the road. But I mean, it's we haven't even seen what the playing game has to offer at this point, too. So I'm going to without the bubble, at least without the bubble. Right. Without the bubble. Um, with, with the teams, you get a home team, you get a visiting team, you get the fans there and everything like that. We have not seen something like that yet. So I, I'm going to withhold a full judgment on that because if it goes really well, it's a really fun, intense game. Yeah. I may be for seeing the NBA make some changes where you can get more of those type of games where it's just one and done. You, you, you win it, you're in it, you lose, you're out. Something like that along those lines. Now, people much smarter than me are going to have to figure out how that works into the schedule. Absolutely. But I, if if this goes well, I think it can be a lot of fun. And I do think it's going to go well. And I think these games are going to be a lot of fun. And I think they're going to be intense. And people are going to be watching the last two minutes of this game very intensely because of how fun it will be. So NBA is going to have to work with that because that might bring in the ratings. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's not like the NBA is struggling in the ratings, but they could be doing a ton better with bringing fresh eyeballs to watch the sport. And if you have these one and done games, that's the best way to get people to watch. So we may see them trying to balance getting those owners two games at home with mm-hmm. getting more eyeballs. And, you know, if you can get 15 million people to watch a game instead of five, 
that's that's big. That's a lot of money in in everyone's pockets. So that's a big we'll have gap to see. too. It's a pretty five. big gap. That's yeah. a big gap between so, five million. Listen, and I don't know if you're gonna get 15 million watching <laughs> one NBA game that's not the NBA Finals, but we may see something like that if you do have these very intense lot on the line one game NBA playoff games. So yeah. we'll we'll have to see how it goes. Is it an overreaction to say they should have more? Probably at this point, since you're yeah. gonna have a couple this year. But if it goes well. I think we're going to have to have this conversation again more mm-hmm. intensely if this goes well and people do like it. Okay, I want to ask you one question. What do you think of teams? Because some people feel like with with the play-in where it is right now, like some teams should still be undeserving of making the playoffs with a losing record. So if you're the 10th seed with a losing record, how should you still have an opportunity to make the postseason just because you may have like this miraculous miraculous like two game stretch where you win both games to secure a spot but the other 72 other 70 games throughout the season you didn't do so so like how do you feel about that I think I think it works itself out uh because if you're the 10 seed and you're playing the 7 seed uh whoever it is you end up mm-hmm. playing if you win you could make the argument you deserve to win. I mean, you played better, you're the better team, you beat a team that you probably shouldn't have and you showed that you could win a game. If you lose, you lose. And and that's people are saying, all right, you're going to lose. And the team that won says, yeah, obviously they're going to lose. We were the better team. And I understand a team saying, well, we were too good. We shouldn't be playing this sub 500 team to get into the playoffs. <laughs> but if you're saying that, just go out and beat them. That's true. If you, if you think you're better than them and you think you're, you shouldn't even be playing them, then just prove it. That's all that's it true. is. That's all you got to do is prove it. So I think it works itself out in that regard. And I understand a team that's been busting their butt all season to get above 500 record, to get themselves right. in a position to make the playoffs. And then you throw them this, you know, this crappy two games under 500 team and say, well, you have to beat them to get into the playoffs. I get that to an extent. But for something like this, I have that mindset where it's just like, if you think you should be in the playoffs, then you got to win this game. You, you go out and you have to win. If you lose, maybe you shouldn't have been in the playoffs in the first place. If you're losing to the sub 500 team, maybe it's a good thing you're not in the playoffs. Let's try to make people some money. Yeah, let's do some betting corner. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, there's not, there hasn't been a ton of movement recently with betting. Yeah, I've noticed. I've noticed. The teams that have been winning have been winning and they've stayed at the top of the against the spread standings and the teams that have losing uh houston uh, cough cough (laughs) remain to be horrible i do want to mention the 50 point game and they they covered and like beat a team so if you ended up hammering the milwaukee bucks without Giannis last week you lost some money because the houston rockets were able to secure a win thanks to amazing 50 point stretch and 50 point a performance from uh Porter Jr. So yeah. He um I, he's an anomaly and I know he's had some, you know, quote unquote character issues in the past and I think that's why teams didn't like him as much and want him on the team, but he can ball and he's coming along. He's coming if along. you can score 50 points in the NBA, there's something there, especially as a young guy. Corey there Brewer is something there. <laughs> Corey Brewer did it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Jennings did it. I think Devin uh, Booker did it, and we're seeing yeah. what he's doing right now. Uh, so it's one of those things where you look and you say, something is there that we need to tap into, that we need to help 20. him. Yeah, you know? he's 20 years old. Yeah, he's 20. He's still – Drop 50, 20 drops yeah. in the NBA. <laughs> so there, there's something there. And 
you know, the character thing, he it wasn't like a multiple issue thing. It was just this one issue, I think, with firearms and issue in his car, something like that. But as long as it's not a continuing thing and he shows that he can play in the NBA, he's still a young guy. I have no problem with it. And I think the Rockets may have found one of those diamond in the rough type of guys. And yes. and I think if you can score 50 in the NBA, no matter what age, but especially if you're under the age of 25, there's something there that, that the team needs to grab a hold of and, and ride that. <laughs> so New Orleans still over. New Orleans is still over. They're yeah, the Knicks are still over. at the top. Houston's at the bottom. New Orleans is still the over king. Hammer those Pelicans overs. Lakers unders, of course, especially <laughs> now with with if LeBron's going to be out for an extended period of time. Once again, you hammer those unders. Oh. But my big advice right now, because there's people who I talk to that bet the NBA and we all seem to come to the same conclusion where it's right now. These last you know two, three weeks last month is so difficult to bet a winner in the NBA because of a multitude of things, right? It's COVID. Rest. People are out oh, by COVID. Please. People are resting. People are late scratches with illness or injury or whatever Injuries. it is. And you just don't know until almost game time who is going to be in that starting lineup, who's going to play, what team is even going to be trying at this point, too. If, <laughs> if a team is going to be in the lottery next season, they may not try. You're, you're seeing double-digit lines. Things like that. So I would recommend at this point staying away if you can from betting a winner. At the very least, don't bet the spread. Maybe sprinkle some on the money line if you're feeling confident. Um, but my suggestion at this point is player props. And I think during the middle of the season, start of the season, player props can be a little harder to determine because you just don't know how, how a player is feeling out the start of the season. But now you, you have a pretty good idea. You have statistics from the rest of the season. You have yeah. his last five games. You have his last 10 games. You know how he's played against this team before, too. So player props, I think, are, are more valuable at this point in time in the NBA season than, say, betting anything on the spread. Unless, unless it's a 7 through 10 seed. I will say that. I okay. feel like if it's a situation where the teams are in that 7 through 10, both East and the West, and they're fighting and competing to secure one of those spots, then I'll pay close attention to those teams. For an example, the Washington Wizards, that's a team who wants to keep the 10th seed or kind of move up. So I would pay close attention to who the Washington Wizards play moving forward. I would pay attention to the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers, those two teams that are kind of tied right now and kind of trying to keep themselves out of the seventh seed and, and making sure that the Lakers kind of fall into that position. And so yeah. you have that scenario, too, as well. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies are another team to play close attention to as well with those between those seven and ten spots. Yeah, 100%. And teams that are playing for something, I think they're, you're still going to get pretty good pretty good opportunities to bet the spread and, and to yeah, probably be successful. Yeah. But I think player props are a really good way to go Real right heavy. now. Mm -hmm. Come playoff time, player props, I think, become less and oh. less valuable because you just don't know. Don't you know. really don't. <laughs> you really don't come playoff time. You may have like a hero that comes in, you know, like the Nate Robinson's back when the Bulls were in the playoffs for a couple of years in the in the early 2010s, just come out and spring, spring 30 points in a game. So right now I would say player props, but if the game means something, if it means something to a team that's trying to get out of the play-in situation or stay in the play-in situation, mm -hmm. those may be the, the, the teams to hit. Okay. All right, what's NBA Twitter talking about, Zach? What it do, baby? Yeah. LeBron James, LeBron Le LeBron James. Are they never not talking about LeBron James? <laughs> It's always LeBron on NBA Twitter. Well, this time, man, he tripping, okay? LeBron <laughs> James is, he's tripping. Yeah. Now, 
reason why I say that is because LeBron James, he spoke out, gets a play-in tournament, and he's not for it. He's not up for the play-in tournament. He doesn't think it should be a thing, and whoever created it should be fired. Now, he's wrong for that very reason. Why? Because the 7 through 10 spot makes teams play now towards the end of the regular season. These games matter now. Remember, before the play-in tournament, people used to always say it was like the last, you know, four weeks of the NBA regular season kind of like didn't matter or it was kind of like a drag and people were ready for the playoffs. That's not the case anymore. Those teams that are 7th and 8th, the last 10 games, could actually fall out of the playoffs in general because of the ninth and the 10th seed. And so LeBron James has to pump his brakes on that. (laughs) But the reason why he does say that because what we talked about earlier, the Los Angeles Lakers are not too far from that seventh seed, which means what, Ben? They could be in that play-in tournament. They could be in the playing game. They could be out before the, like the real playoffs <laughs> even begin. It's it's definitely wild to see him say something like that. And it's you know it's the classic thing where it didn't he he didn't think it was going to affect him at all. And it was the same with when the Mavericks were saying this a couple weeks ago. They didn't think it was going to affect them. They didn't think it was going to be an issue. They thought they were going to be in the playoffs easily without an issue. And suddenly when it becomes an issue, when they Mm -hmm. have to suddenly maybe play in the tournament playing game. Oh, we don't want playing games. We don't. It's bad for the sport. Whoever (laughs) thought of it should be fired. Get rid of it completely. Weird how weird how that changes. Mm-hmm. We went Lakers like Lakers were the two seed before LeBron yeah. went down and AD went down. Didn't you hear know, a peep. Didn't, didn't hear, hear a peep. peep. Not a word. Now, oh, it's a problem now. <laughs> now, now it's suddenly an issue because I might be out of the playoffs if I lose this game. So it's I think that's ridiculous. And usually I'm okay with stuff LeBron says because he's you know he usually knows what he's talking about. But with this situation, it's very clear why he said that. It's very clearly he's frustrated with the Lakers. It's clear he's frustrated with their spot in the playoffs. And so by that logic, he's going to be upset at the playing Mm -hmm. game. But I I mean, the playing games in general, I think, are going to be good. As we just talked about, I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to bring in crowds. And they prevent more teams from tanking. And they prevent more teams from coasting. Because if you can't coast anymore whole heart, 100% coast thinking, okay, I'm going to get the five or six seed. I'll make the playoffs without trying too hard. It's going to be easy. Well, now, hey, what if you're one game ahead in the sixth spot, ahead of the seventh spot? You got to get going. There's going to let a fire under your butt being like, all right, we got to start winning this game. We don't want to fall in that seventh seed, and we don't want to play in the playing game. So I think it helps from both directions in terms of coasting and in terms of tanking, and it adds a really fun game that we are all going to watch come playoff time I don't see a huge downside to this, and I don't think LeBron saying it's the worst idea in the world should really affect anything. You know what two teams who are happy that there are that's a play-in scenario compared to the coming into this season compared to right now? The Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. Those two teams are very happy that there's a play-in scenario this season because oh. they started off the season so poorly. So yeah. poorly. And now, you know, the Dallas Mavericks have been playing very well as of late, staying around that fifth, sixth, seventh spot. And look at what the Miami Heat did from crawling from down under, right? Yeah. They put themselves back in position to like the fifth, sixth seed. And so, yeah. so you know, when you start off rough, you may need that wake up call in the in the season before, you know, you get right into the position where you feel like you need to be to compete come postseason. Yeah. And you know who else? The Wizards. They love oh, the playing game. <laughs> They're at that 10th seed right now. They're going to be in the playoffs if they stay there. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm rooting for it, too. You know, Russell Westbrook, they've played well, averaging a triple-double, probably going to break Oscar Robinson's record. Then you got Bradley Beal here, probably be the score. What? How bad for for the NBA for it to be for the league's NBA leading score for the second year in a row not make the postseason? Yeah. That's not going to be good. So, yeah, it'll be good to see the Wizards make the playoffs. Yeah, I, they're going to be a fun team. And I think, you know, what we did with the Thunder last season, where that was that was this podcast team. We love the Thunder. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the Wizards this year if they make the playoffs. I think we have to oh, go yeah. all all in on the Wizards because oh, they're, they're a fun team. Yeah, they're a really fun team. Uh, other things, Anthony Edwards is – he's a gem. He's got fun quotes. We love Anthony Edwards. Did you see the video? I had to, I had to bring it up because did you see the video with him and Jared Vanderbilt when they were getting their vaccine for the Timberwolves. Oh, my God, dude. Anthony Edwards is just too funny. He's going to be around the NBA and around the league for so long. He's so silly. You know, he gets the second dose, and he was telling Vandy, like, what time you get it? And he was like, he told him what time. He was like, okay, I'm going to tell you when it's going to kick in. And he had (laughs) everybody around just dying laughing. Man, He's just such a great character for the NBA. You know, the earring interview where he goes, you see my earrings? They dancing like he's just silly, man. So, as you know, he may be probably rookie of the year because LaMelo missed a lot of time. But, hey, we got to talk about LaMelo, too. I know you saw those passes. Oh, yeah. LaMelo's back and so are the highlights and so are the Hornets because, hey, we're talking about playoffs. I mean, the Hornets right now, they're that A seed. They're they're in the thick of the play in game. So mm-hmm. they are very happy that LaMelo is back. But he I mean, he just adds a whole other dynamic and he's. He's so fun to watch. And I was reading stuff about how people talk about how he was what people thought Lonzo was going to be. And so he's just on his own. He's not even <laughs> planner right now. He's going to be a lot of fun. The, the The future of this league is great because you have Anthony Edwards, who you talked about. Not only is a fun guy, great personality, funny, has very dumb, ball. fun quotes. He's a player and he is he's very raw, but he's the, the tools are there. And he's someone mm. who is going to be showing up on highlights every single night that he plays because he can jump out of the gym. He's a, he's a springboard of a man, but if he, if he figure out a consistent three point shot, if he can figure out defensively, like he has the tools, he is going to be a very good player. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. All right. Stat of the week. Stat. Of the week, buddy. And the podcast with uh, a great performance, Jason Tatum. By Jason Tatum. 60 is the stat of the week. 6-0. He even had the little picture where he had the 6-0 right here. I thought he was Will Chamberlain for a second. He <laughs> put it in black and white. But, you know, it was pretty cool you know, to see that. But the, it's, the, it's the details of that game. Because let me tell you something. If you was watching the Boston Celtics, versus the San Antonio Spurs, and you saw the Boston Celtics down 30, you turned the game off. Don't tell me you didn't, because I know you did. And you probably went on ahead and hammered the San Antonio Spurs to win the game or to cover the game. And let me tell you something. You lost a lot of money because <laughs> the Boston Celtics fought back in that game, Ben, from down 30 points. Which only means what? They needed every point of that 60 from Jason Tatum last week. They did. Huge performance. Huge oh, performance. He, I mean, he is, he's a guy who I think is going, he has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. That's not me saying he will be a Hall of Famer, but I think he has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. He has the potential to be one of these guys in the league 
that is going to be at the top of his game every single season. He can get to the point where he can score at will. Yep. And he, he can play defense if he wants to. He's got the length. So he has the tools to be one of those Hall of Fame players. Now, he still has ways to go, but it's there. It's it's there. And yeah. and we talked about someone scoring 50 points and what that means for them as a young player. You're scoring 60 points <laughs> a game after you score 35 points. Like, I mean, this this guy is a scorer and he and he can do it every single night. Now, he's going to need help to be able to win games. And we saw them lose to the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday night. And I mean, that's a team that struggled and the Portland Trailblazers are a good team. And, and Jason Tatum went off for points wise, too. But he needs to be able to win games to be able to do that. That's and to true. be able to, to make his way into the Hall of Fame conversation later on in his career, he's going to have to win games. He's going to have to get his team to the finals. So that has yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. But scoring 60 is a great first step. And yeah, he is yeah. fun to watch when he's hot. Definitely fun to watch, especially when he gets to shooting from beyond the arc. You know, he just he just looks so he looks, looks so loose out there. You know, he just yeah. looks like he's just straight in the zone as it relates to shooting the ball from beyond the arc. I believe he had at least seven threes. With that 60. So, like, he was literally on fire. Yeah. So, kudos to them, you know, coming back from 32 points down. It was a great performance. It was uh, 60 points on 37 shots. That's I think, great. Pretty that's damn pretty, efficient. That's pretty great. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you said, that's pretty efficient for sure. So, you know, the Celtics got to stay out of that, you know, play-in scenario, which, you know, I think moving forward, I think they'll be able to escape it. I hope at least. You know, not hopefully not too many bad games moving forward. You can't lose a game when you're leading and you can't allow Michael Smart either to, you know, get ejected. So there's no. you know, different things. There's different things with the Celtics that sometimes cause them to lose games. And they got to tighten up in these final, this final stretch. Yeah, they have to. I think they have to play better defense consistently. And Marcus Smart can't go hitting people in the groin and expecting people to not to not kick him out of the game. Really see what everybody else saw, but if you're Marcus Smart, it's like you're a flopper, yeah. and then you're kind of always in these type of situations yeah. during the game. So yeah, it looks bad on his end for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I was happy for that one. I had I had the Celtics money line, so I hundred okay. percent turned tough. it off. <laughs> well, for the for the Spurs game, I, I had it for that Spurs game, so I turned it off. See, I when, when they were down, like, what, 15 in the first quarter? And I was like, well, there goes that money. And <laughs> then, then I come back and win. And then I come back and win. And I would like to think it's because I stopped watching. Because that's what happens. When you stop watching, your bet your bet ends up winning. It goes for in me. another direction. It goes <laughs> yeah. in another direction. Well, not for me, buddy. But we're going to talk about that another time. That's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. I am Zach B. Zach Badger House. That was Ben Wittenstein, my main man. Make sure you listen and subscribe to the Points in the Paint podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're streaming on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever you want, wherever you're at. That's where we got it. Make sure you follow us on Points Paint on Twitter and on Facebook. Make sure you also Listen to Trash and Treasure with Eddie and Felder. They drop every Thursday. Great content, exclusive interviews, too. Follow Shams for all your NBA association stuff around the NBA, of course. And follow Stadium on Twitter and wherever else you get your sports on Instagram, everywhere else. And that'll do us for this edition of Points in the Paint podcast.